Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hi, I'm Laura, and today we are going to talk about the testing of our faith, or as I subtitled it, Bicycle Riding with God. But first I wanted to mention to you that the website, Bible News Press, has been uh, added to my new website, The Happy Home School, so it's a subcategory on that blog now. If you go to the old website, it should automatically direct you to this new place. Now, I wrote about this particular topic, the testing of our faith, in May of 2017, so it's not a new article, but I haven't recorded it yet, so today I'm going to record it. Let's begin by asking, what tests our faith the most? Sometimes I have wondered whether suffering or death test our faith the most. If you live long enough, you will certainly suffer in some way, either physically or relationally. Chances are you will also face the death of someone you love. And, of course, sooner or later, you will face your own death. At the time when I was writing this, I had just begun in earnest to make an audio recording of my book titled Melody's Life Savings, which is a novella-length biography about our daughter who died from leukemia. I thought I might have reached the point where reading it out loud would be easier. And yes and no. I was about one-third of the way through and had already had to edit out some parts where my voice broke too much. However, it is truly a story of perspective and hope, and I was hoping that being able to hear me read it would make it more strongly convey that to people. But importantly for this topic, reading it reminded me not only of the beauty of her life, but the beauty of our faith. It is a faith that makes sense of the world around us. It is a faith which unlocks our struggles and desires. It is a faith that withstands the pride and lies of the arrogant while continuing to offer hope to any who will acknowledge the God who is the source of their life. I think it is important to ask, what does it mean to have our faith tested? Our faith is sometimes tested, but I think we are at risk for misunderstanding the biblical use of that word, testing. Consider when Jesus was tested for 40 days in the wilderness. I don't get the impression God was doing a sting operation on Jesus, trying to see if he would get something wrong. Rather, I think God was using the situation to prove to several players what Jesus was made of. When it seems that God is testing our faith, I think we are being given a dual opportunity. We get to see his faithfulness, and we get to understand the power of his spirit in us. It's kind of like a father teaching his child to ride a bike. The father excitedly encourages the child, wanting the child to experience the thrill. Sometimes the child falls, but the father isn't angry. He just gives comfort and says, let's try again. When you become aware of the perfect blend of love and justice in God, and know that he is very able to work all things for good in spite of the wickedness of people, you begin to see more clearly that effort and hardship are part of a process of building us up 
to our potential relationship with Him. This relationship can be enjoyed now, but it will come to full flower on the new earth. So, back to the idea of testing. Remember Job? He was tested to show how sufficient his faith was. He didn't understand that at first. In the end, he was not only strengthened by everything, but he was blessed even more. He also gained important perspective. We sometimes choose to suffer to attain a goal. Sometimes we endure physical hardship on purpose. Other times we deprive ourselves of things because it will get us something more valued. We do this with our limited human wisdom. If we have children, there are some decisions we need to make for them. They don't see and can't comprehend the broader picture. Sometimes our choices make them mad. I readily admit that God's understanding and goals are superior to mine. It is not a cop-out to trust someone so exceedingly superior. I am grateful He has gone out of His way to make His love evident and available. It makes trusting easier. I will trust Him during suffering and when faced with death. I have to conclude that death is at least a test of faith like no other. To be brought face to face with our mortality is humbling. We cannot stop it. We cannot keep people here who die. Fortunately, God has this under control too. Thus, we can have peace, hope, and joy that surpass this earthly grieving. I have had some very sad encounters where I have seen the sadness of sorrow without hope. Once I was on a group bike ride, and for no apparent reason, a man began to tell me how his wife had died from cancer. I think that being both a nurse and a mother whose child had died from cancer made me a more empathetic listener than he usually had. I had not shared my story, though. The man seemed both relieved and surprised that I was listening so much and that he was telling me so much. Then the more he talked, the more he felt free to express his disgusted anger at bitter details and the loss. The disease had ravaged his wife's body and devastated her emotionally. I, of course, responded with compassion. Toward the end, he said something that made me briefly speak of my own loss. I remember how shocked he looked at hearing me refer to this with equanimity. He did not understand my peace and quiet cheerfulness. That doesn't mean I never cry, but compared to his consuming sorrow, I have profound hope. I know that we are not alone. After our daughter had died, I remember becoming aware that many people were watching my husband and me and our family. They made comments that indicated they expected us to implode or divorce. They had seen such a loss overwhelm others. What they saw instead was that God was faithful. He carried us through, and we saw no reason to abandon hope. In fact, our hope was strengthened. God had tested our faith, which we have by His grace, and shown Himself well able to sustain and guide. God both answered prayer and uniquely surprised us with things during the difficult times. He inexplicably arranged for us to buy some property just before Melody was diagnosed. This property was a place of retreat for the nearly two years of illness. It was a large house on some acreage in the North Idaho woods. At a time when we basically couldn't take Melody out in public places due to concerns of infection, we could instead all go escape to this wonderful storybook location. 
he sent us to an out-of-town clinic, several states away, where the nurses told us, in some awe, that they had prayed for a patient and a family just like ours to be a testimony to their lead doctor. It was an adult clinic, and Melody was the only child there for experimental treatment. This doctor had seen a lot of hopeless people die. They wanted him to see a Christian face death. God let Melody catch three giant steelhead that were, quote, not in the river, end quote, according to fishermen who had been fishing regularly for weeks there. And she was too weak to reel them in, but they came in sort of attached to her line anyway. She was so weak that she could barely totter well enough to get into the boat. That was her last outdoor activity before she died. It was a clear message to her that God was closely watching over her. God heard our prayers that she not be subjected to a bone marrow transplant if she was going to die anyway. He took her to paradise after a round of chemotherapy that was aimed at getting her ready for this procedure. He supernaturally communicated with a close friend slash cousin of Melody's the night she died, keeping the cousin informed and comforted since she couldn't be in the same town at the time. God immediately gave me my request of a song of joy and hope as I lay struggling with my grief one night in bed. I don't mean he reminded me of a song. I mean words and tune began filling my mind and I had to get up and write them down. Those are some of the things he did for us. There is already plenty of evidence in the universe that God is the source of life for and takes care of everything. These things were extra personal touches for us to make sure we absolutely knew he was taking care of this. Some people might scoff at them and as coincidences, but that is like saying that it was just a coincidence when your spouse makes you chicken soup when you are sick or brings you flowers on your birthday. We don't need to be afraid of failing when our faith is tested. If we fall down, he will pick us up and dust us off. He will give us as much help and encouragement as we need to get back on the bike. He just wants to show us that we can do things we were designed to do, even if it is unexpected, difficult, or we have trouble understanding the reasons. The end result will be joy and pleasure in both relationship and accomplishment. When it is our time to see him in paradise, all the troubles we had here will either fade away or make perfect sense. I hope you found that encouraging. I know it was encouraging for me to revisit all of those things. Now that I have started Bible News Press specifically as its own podcast, I plan on recording more things that I have already written and on writing more things. Don't forget to subscribe if you'd like to keep hearing from me and also rate the podcast if you found it enjoyable so that it will help other people find it as well. And if you want to contact me, there is a contact form on the bottom of each blog page at thehappyhomeschool.com, where, as I said, Bible News Press is a subcategory. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.